89.7 FM and online at oldhamcommunityradio.com and featuring all that's best from the King of Instruments. This is Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstenholm. Welcome to this edition of Community Keyboards on air and online. As ever, over the next hour, I'll have music from the King of Instruments in all its guises, from pipes and electronics to keyboards and beyond. And later, we'll be hearing from the winner of the recent Keyboard Music Forum Challenge. We'll look back at a vintage electronic organ beginning with the letter F in our A to Z of that. And my special guest will be keyboard star Carlo Asprey. Well, let's open the show with a couple of bossa novas recorded especially for us, courtesy of Andy Carville at the Korg PA-1000. Thank you. 
Memories of Antonio Carlos Jobim with Wave and the girl from Ipanema on Korg. And don't forget that you can now ask Andy any question about your own home keyboard music making, how to get the best from the instrument, or struggling with a particular piece, etc, etc. Visit our website www.communitykeyboards.simplesite.com and you can ask Andy in a couple of clicks. Well, the winner of the first Keyboard Music Forum Challenge of 2021 is Michael Clark. Michael from Whitburn in Tyne and Weir plays a Tyrus too and sings as well and was also an accordion and piano player some time ago, entertaining in numerous pubs in the north of England. He wasn't expecting to win the challenge, which asked the entrants to perform any piece of music with reference to the sun in the title. Well, I can't think of anything better than On the Sunny Side of the Street, and Michael is a perfect example of age being no barrier to enjoying playing. He won't mind me telling you that he's 92 years young. Grab your coat and get your hat Leave your worries on the doorstep Just direct your feet to the sunny side of the street Can't you hear that pleasure pass And the happy tune is your step Life can be so sweet On the sunny side of the street I used to walk in the shade With my blues on parade I'm not afraid This rover crossed over If I never have a cent I'll be rich as Rockefeller Gold dust at my feet On the sunny Sunny side of the street Sunny side of the street Come back by the day 
Michael Clark on Tyros 2, entertaining since 1928. Brilliant. Now, we've reached the letter F in our look back at some of the many classic electronic organ brands of the past. Farfisa was established in 1946 following the mergers of Settimo Soprani, Scandali and Frontalini, whose businesses had suffered during World War II. The company quickly became the world's largest supplier of accordions. The International Accordion Museum now occupies the site of the original factory. The micro-organ, a portable reed organ, was released in 1958, and two years later the company developed the Cordovox Accordion with Lowry, which combined accordion reeds with electronically generated sounds. Well, following the introduction of the Vox Continental Combo Organ in 1962, Farfisa decided to quickly build a competing instrument using the technical expertise they had gained from working with Lowry. The first model, the Combo Compact, was introduced in 1964, and the Professional series appeared around the same time, which included more features than the earlier models. The VIP models were introduced in 1970 and included a foot-operated pitch bend. By the late 1960s, major groups had moved on from combo organs and begun to use the Hammond organ more prominently. Production of combo organs began to be phased out in the late 70s after synthesizers had become more commonplace, and the last unit was produced in 1982. Well, here's the 1977 Farfisa Coronet model with Hans Gunther Wagner at the console with a short burst of goody goody. Gunter Wagner and friends with the 1970s Farfisa Coronet. Several years later, in 1984, I talked with the company demonstrator, the late Graham Wright, 
and for me a memorable interview for all the wrong reasons. I seem to remember that following an in-store session where the new Farfisa model had malfunctioned for whatever reason, that was perhaps not the best time to talk about it with the artist, as you'll hear. I've perhaps got to be fairly blunt and, and say that the name of Farfisa and, and for that matter Bon Tempe, which are very similar instruments. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly, yeah. They've always been associated with the... Woolworth's plastic toy image. Oh, yes, certainly not um, Farfisa. No, you, you would strongly defend that. Strongly defend Farfisa, yes, definitely. It's never been associated with it. It's never had a toy image, not Farfisa. As far as the, the Farfisa model, which we've heard today, is concerned, doesn't have any of these, what you might call, high-tech gimmicks, MIDI and, and floppy disk systems and, 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 and so on and so forth. As a performer, speaking from a player's point of view, does that help or hinder you, or what? Doesn't make the slightest bit of difference. If it had it, I'd use it. As it hasn't got it, I don't use it. I mean, what you haven't got, you don't miss, do you? <laughs> well, I thought my questions were pretty reasonable anyway. In fairness, Graham was a superb musician. And to take us to the break, after which it will be celebrity guest time, have a listen to this unspecified Farfisa model, which never actually went into full production, and features Graham in fine form with Red Hot Mama from the musical Cabaret.
You're listening to Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstonehome on Oldham Community Radio 99.7 FM.
Well, they say the internet is a treasure trove, don't they? And whilst I was looking for a particular piece of music a couple of months ago, I happened to come across um, the name of my guest on this edition of the programme. Now, the story of how he came to the world of keyboard and vocal music is both, well, sad and joyful at the same time, but it's certainly fascinating. And I'm delighted to be talking with my guest, Carlo Asprey. Carlo, welcome to the programme. Lovely to, lovely to oh, see well. you virtually. <laughs> yeah, well, th- thank you so much. And thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. I'm really uh, honoured and, and really excited. <laughs> I think this is a first for us, joining us via Skype all the way from uh, from China. So the other side of the world, goodness me. <laughs> Carlo, um, looking at the performer of 2021 and then thinking back to the small boy in the late 1980s in Quebec, because of course you are Canadian, is it, is it fair to say that those years are quite literally worlds apart? Oh yes, I, 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 it's absolutely fair to say that, and I'd say completely, complete polar opposites. Two completely different people. Because when I was a kid, I was uh, incredibly shy. I was reserved. I never spoke to anybody. I lacked social skills. I was not even confident, and I never had any friends. I was quite different from others. Always living in my own world, mm. my own bubble. Uh, quite distant from the real world, I think. I suppose all the relevant factors were there for some sort of musical path. You you come from an exceptionally strong, multi-generational musical family. They're very supportive of you. But from a very early age, as you say, you were faced with many challenges, weren't you? From, from I know from birth you had a serious eye condition with learning disabilities and and then as you say, you've you know, you, you faced all these barriers to sort of being a musician. There must have been a point when you felt like no matter what your love of music was, enough was enough. Uh yeah, uh, definitely. Like enough was enough, but unfortunately in my case, uh, enough was not enough. <laughs> and uh, oh. uh, well, it started because <laughs> uh, while my eye condition is called strabismus, it's a condition where the muscles of the eyes are weaker, which makes the eyes unstable, therefore misaligned. And okay. when I was a kid, it was pretty, pretty bad. But now, but now, of course, like the misalignment has improved a lot now and hardly noticeable. But back then it was it was quite a problem. And and as a kid, I was also quite different from others. I was always living in my own imaginary worlds. I was distracted. Uh, trub- I, I also had trouble concentrating. Very slow learner compared to others, which all led me to go to special schools for kids with learning disabilities. So because of my eye condition, as well as me being different from others it caused me a lot of problems and i was also a target of bullying i had no friends i was always in a corner at school nobody paid any attention to me i mean groups of kids would uh, try to beat me up and uh, so it was quite uh, it was quite tough as you say, it, it must have been a, a huge challenge for you. How, how did you manage to kind of overcome those issues, particularly being so young? I mean, I'm guessing there there weren't as many support channels uh, back then as, as there are maybe nowadays, Carlo. Uh, well, thanks to my father. Well, my father, when he was younger, he had learned some martial arts and he decided to teach me some, and as well as making me take up kickboxing later on which i fell in love with well martial arts was definitely well definitely helped me not only to fight off bullies and stuff like that but it also made me become 
more alert and improved my focus in my everyday life, as well as being more confident. And uh, But another thing that really helped me also to overcome uh, my challenges, obviously, was music. And I started piano at a very young age, and the piano was my best friend, I'd say, and helped me to go through tough times as well as a tool to make me feel happy and yet relaxed, as well as being also kind of therapeutic. Yes. Yeah. I suppose, as we often say, there are so many tools in the armory to, to help you get through these uh, these difficulties. And, and, and certainly, as we have spoken to so many different people over the past goodness knows what, 40 years now on the programme. Um, you know, music is a, is a big, big player. Th- those things you mentioned, Carlo, would be more than enough for anyone growing up. But then at the age of 17, and I know you're not frightened or reserved to talk about this, and thank you for doing that, you, you were diagnosed with testicular cancer. Talk us, if you can, through that obviously painful and difficult chapter of your life. Well, it all happened like while I was playing sports one day, I, I was like 17 and I remember feeling uncomfortable and uh, heaviness down there every time I landed from a jump. And uh, so this led me to look closely and I noticed a lump on the right side of my uh, testicle. And But unfortunately, I didn't go see the doctor until after the lump became the size of an orange. Wow. wow. And... Uh, and uh, well, the doctors. Well, once once I finally saw the doctor, the doctor said I had. Uh, well, he did a bunch of tests on me and everything, and he said I had testicular cancer, and had already spread until my lungs. And uh, and because of that, uh, well, I was. It was this. All this happened right after I graduated from uh, high school, and it was terrible. And uh, and because of that, I I endured two surgeries as well as three chemotherapy sessions. And uh, fighting cancer was definitely tough. Like I lost all my hair, and I lost a ton of a ton of weight, and uh, my overall skin also became blue. Like I was very weak, and I also threw up many times and caught many infections along the way. But after an entire year of fighting cancer, then I finally was cured. Uh, I was then cancer-free. Yeah. Physically, I was cured from the cancer, but mentally and psychologically, it was during the chemotherapy that I developed severe harm OCD. OCD, which is uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Yes, It's a mental problem that changed my life for the worst, and I became incredibly paranoid and afraid of everything. I even went to see several psychiatrists for this and took heavy medication, but uh, nothing seemed to work. And that was after the cancer. So it was definitely, uh, it was a, ter- a terrible time. Did your your passion for music help you at, at that low point in your life, Carlo? Or, or did you kind of just think, no, let's put that to one side right now? Well, at first when I, it helped me, I'd say like half of the way, like when I was battling cancer and everything like that, like it really helped to play music. But it was mostly after I was cured from the cancer because of the obsessive compulsive disorder, like I, I kind of became paranoid and scared of everything. And I, that's when I stopped playing music and I stopped playing music for a year because I was scared of everything and I wasn't doing much. Like I kind of, uh, that was when I uh, stopped playing music for a while.
And you heard Carlo play the 1935 tango song by Carlos Gardel, Por Una Cabeza, and a haunting arrangement of ABBA's Winner Takes It All. Back with my guest after this break. Listening to Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm. On air at 99.7 FM and online at oldhamcommunityradio.com, this is Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm. I just opened my eyes and looked around. The sky reminds me I'm on the ground without you. Without you. The day just started and I feel so tired Can't sleep at night cause I'm so wired Without you Without you Without you I just walk in circles Without you I don't know where I'm going Without you There's no point in going on Without you Turning and turning Without you Seems like time isn't going Without you All my world is falling down Every day of my life Seems same to me I get up, go to work And go to sleep Without you Without you I see you all day long In my my emptiness doesn't have an end without you, without you, without you, I just walk in circles, without you, I don't know where I'm going, without you, there's no point in going on, without you, I keep turning and turning, without you. Seems like time isn't going But without you
Carlo, so you then made a very courageous, unusual, uh, but significant decision to move from Canada uh, to go and live in China. What what made you decide to do that, and how did you settle into a new lifestyle in East Asia? Well, because of the uh, severity of my uh, of the obsessive compulsive disorder, I mean, my mental state was not in a good place, and mm. I wasn't living anymore, spending an entire year just sitting on a chair doing nothing. Uh, so that's when my parents, they were worried and there was nothing to do. But but then one day my father told me he had to go to China for a one week business trip. And he said he wanted to bring me along with him, hoping that I could step out of the house for once and see the beauty of the world, which yeah, he yeah. thought could have been a good way to help me. I absolutely did not want to go to China, but I thought it was a terrible idea because I was scared <laughs> of everything. And uh, but <laughs> but after insisting a million times, I finally said yes, and I went to China. But once I arrived in China, I was blown away. Like I finally saw the the light after so long. I I loved it there and uh, well here, and it uh, it changed me. And I finally had a smile on my face after such a long time. I mean the culture, the people, their lifestyle all helped to cure my mental disease. I even immediately stopped taking my medications uh, while really? I was in China. Wow! Yeah, it's uh, what a great effect that must have must have had on you. And they made you very welcome, didn't they, Carlo? They kind of um, followed you around, filming you for a, for a little while. Um, it, was it kind of a novelty to have somebody of your um, musical sort of standing and, and and ability just suddenly land here in their country? <laughs> uh, and they thought, oh, this this chap looks interesting. Let's let's take a camera and follow him round. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was kind of fun. Yeah, because I well later on, like I went with my father the first time but later i decided to move there by myself like on my own i moved there and that's when i uh, you know I, I went to piano shops and tried to play piano there and and uh, and i noticed like a, a bunch of people like they were taking my videos and stuff <laughs> like that and that's when well that's when the ball started rolling and that's when i i you know i made a lot of friends and and that's when people they they started doing documentaries on me in china and uh especially that the piano is also very um, how do you say it's, it's considered the king of all instruments in china yes. the, the piano the yes. keyboard and so yeah so it was definitely really a very fun experience here in china so it as you say carlo the the, the instrument the piano keyboard is hugely popular literally just a few minutes before um we uh, we, we chatted here on skype i was looking at um, uh, another young man over there who's taking part in a recent competition in, in one of the uh, the Yamaha uh, competitions there and of course those attract hundreds of entrants and thousands of viewers from, from around the world these days thanks to social media and YouTube and everything else like that so it's it, it's all positive um, you, speaking of that you, you've performed at many prestigious Chinese musical venues haven't you um, do you have a particular favourite off the top of your head? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I performed at, uh, a lot of venues and I, obviously I'm very, uh, blessed and, you know, honored and lucky to be part of all these, uh, venues and people were very welcoming and stuff. And, but my favorite highlight was when I, um, was invited to perform at the opening ceremony of the youth Olympic games in Nanjing, China, wow. in front of a crowd of uh, 62,000 spectators and viewed worldwide by 500 million people. Oh. That was like... <laughs> 
that was my favorite my favorite one <laughs> yeah yeah I, I wonder what was going through your mind when you went because i've seen the video and i and I, I hope several of our listeners will have by now on youtube i wonder what was going through your mind when you were standing on the stage thinking there was carlo asprey as a small boy in a corner feeling very alone and isolated to all at once being thrust into what can only be described as a global superstar spotlight. You probably didn't have time to think of anything. You just had to get on with the performance. But did it make you think how kind of fortunate and how things had turned out for the best? Actually, it was before, right before the performance. I was uh, like, let's say 10 minutes before the performance. Obviously, I was very nervous because I never, uh, you know, performed in such a huge place like that you know, in front of uh, almost 70,000 people so so I mean I would that's when I was reflecting on a bunch of stuff like I was thinking about my childhood and all the uh, obstacles that I had to face and and I, I, I thought about a lot of things that led me to the to the Olympics and and that's when I told myself I said look uh, I knew that it was tough before like when I was younger I had a very tough life and everything but now is the time that I it's it's the time that I have to to not be uh, scared to uh, to um, pursue my dream. Sure, and, sure, and for yeah. sure. And I had mixed a lot of mixed emotions. Like even while I was performing, I was uh, I was also thinking about my family because then they were all in in Canada. So I was also thinking about that too. Definitely, I was thinking about so many things. Yeah. yeah. certainly will be all spread around the globe, all of us, media as well as the athletes, many of the performers, and I tell you, this rather sad song, you have to say, for tomorrow, will certainly be very, very high on our memory list, as the, the regrets pop into our lives. Maybe we regret we didn't perform as well as we'd hoped, but certainly the thankful moments that we met all our new friends. We might part, but we'll certainly be very close for a long time. I'm not going to spoil any further surprises because you have written a very truthful uh, and Frank autobiography called Good Luck, Bad Luck, You'll Know Tomorrow, which is on your website. You can you can buy it from, from various outlets. What made you want to commit all these experiences in your, in your life onto paper, Carlo? Uh, the thing that I like the most is to help people. Like I like to help others and because uh, there's so many people here in the world that, that are kind of like uh, blocked or there's stuff like, obstacles that they're not able to uh, go through them and sure. mm. but so that's why now I, I love helping people and i like to share my stories with with them so that i hope hopefully my story well it could help people out like it could inspire people motivate them to move forward yes it's good to know that the effects of the uh, the pandemic that we've all had to uh, to endure over the last year uh, are settling down a little bit where you are now have you had any major effects from that as a touring musician or have you sort of used the time to relax a bit like many of your fellow musicians around the world and uh, done other things well 
well, the pandemic definitely definitely affected all musicians here in China, especially the the first few months of last year. So I took advantage of that time by practicing more of uh, actually kung fu. Uh, with my grandmaster, who was one of the direct students of uh, Bruce Lee, so, uh, really? so that's Whoa. what I did. <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So also, I was actually fortunate too to find a master like that because, <laughs> and uh, he's a real direct student of uh, Bruce Lee's teacher. So that's why I took advantage of the time to. Uh, to uh, practice more of the Kung Fu. Uh, Wing Chun, it's called Wing Chun. Well, I'll I'll tell you something. I'm glad you're over there and I'm sitting here in the studio (laughs) because you could probably do some very serious damage here with with those high kicks and and, and what have you. But but it's good good to know that you've made good time there. So what about the future? In in terms of, you know, obviously, hopefully things will get a little bit more settled now with we've got vaccinations and things like that on the go, of course, now. So hopefully... Hopefully, a little bit of normality will 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 get back into the uh, into the scene. But what what are your plans now for the future, Carlo? Well, for the future, uh, well, on top of my music single being already out on iTunes, which is called uh, "Without You," I'm also working on my newest music album, which will be out by the end of this year. And I'm also preparing to do motivational speaking as well. And uh, so that's pretty much what I'm doing. And uh, and of course, still playing piano. And over here, life is back to normal. So, yeah. And also practicing Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. Carlo, it's been absolutely fascinating to catch up with you um, all too briefly on the, on the program today. Thank you ever so much for sparing the time to, to do that. Uh, I know that uh, you were looking forward to it as much as I was. So and we, we've had a chance to hear your music throughout so it's it's great that our listeners can can do that too carlo can i say many oh, thanks well, thank for, for being with me and uh, when your new album comes out let us know and we'll uh, we'll give it a play here on community keyboards oh, well uh, thank you thank you so much again for for everything and uh, i enjoyed our uh, conversation it was really fun and thanks so much for this wonderful opportunity to be on your show and and as soon as i have my new album out i'm definitely gonna let you know <laughs> Carlo Asprey, thank you very much for being with my guest. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for everything. And Carlos performed his new single, Without You, available now on iTunes. You also heard a short extract from his performance at the Chinese Youth Olympics that he mentioned, and you can find out more information and links to other performances, etc., on his website, carloaspery.com. That's C-A-R-L-O-A-S-P-R-I dot com. Did you know that this programme is available for sponsorship support from as little as £10? For more information about how we can help your business, club or society, email communitykeyboards at gmail.com and we'll get back to you. Well, it's always a huge pleasure to welcome new guests to the programme and that will certainly apply on the next edition when I know many listeners will be pleased to know that I'll be joined by Stephen Vincent.
Stephen Vincent on Paramount 450 Software and Yamaha Electone with a piece composed by filed coast organ personality Stephen Austin entitled Sean's Elysee. And I for one hope that we can hear more original pieces like this receiving uh, the other Stephen's superb interpretation on future programmes. And that's all we have time for for this programme. As always, you can keep up to date with news and information via the website communitykeyboards.simplesite.com from where you can listen again or contact us in different ways. For now, this is Ian Wilson Holmes saying thanks very much for listening. Take care, all the best, and bye-bye.